Welcome to The Entrepreneur's Doctor. My mission is to help you, the entrepreneur, to create a healthier, happier world. And I'm Beirouz, I'm a public health doctor, preventive medicine physician with over 20 years of international experience, having trained at Harvard and in Oxford, and I'm here for you. Look, I know the struggles you face and many startups either fail or struggle with adoption, access to resources, to people, to data, and then spreading across internationally and all the regulatory hurdles. I've created a checklist for you. If you'd like to learn more about something I call startup therapy, do go and check out my website. It's www.entrepreneurs.doctor and you'll get free access to this checklist. It's a prescription essentially to help you self-assess, to diagnose, treat, and better yet, to prevent some of the issues that you'll face when it comes to the health sector. I hope you find it of value. More importantly, enjoy the show. Charlene Lopez, welcome to the Entrepreneur's Doctor. Um, I just don't know where to start, so bear with me as I go through this list of accolades. I mean, you're founder and CEO of iCatcher. You are referred to as the marketing guru, uh, Google for Startups Accelerator <laughs> mentor. You basically support health tech entrepreneurs uh, with things about brand, marketing, communications, all the things that I need more of. So welcome. Um, let's get started. What led you here? What, why are you doing what you're doing? Thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Um, what led me into working in healthcare was really just wanting to be able to use the skills that I've got to be able to help people live better. And I think for us, fundamentally, healthcare is an enabler for people to live well. So it, to work in the healthcare for me was kind of a bit of a no-brainer. Nice. And why marketing and comms, I guess? So I have this thing that without communication, all of the um, achievements that humanity has done wouldn't be possible because as a single person, we can't achieve any of the things that we've achieved. And you have to have good com communications to be able to um, have people bind together to create something bigger than ourselves. And I think in terms of healthcare, communications is essential. If people don't know about um, a solution or an innovation or they don't understand it or they don't understand the value of it for them then that healthcare innovation is is unable to help the people that it wants to help just from something simple um, in terms of how you're framing it how you're offering the value and how you're communicating that mm -hmm. so I think it's it's fundamental yeah I'm really I, I love all I things love communication and I'm by no means an expert Charlene but uh, just like so for example when I speak with uh, colleagues students clients doesn't matter I really focus in on uh, monitoring and evaluation of your startup of, of your own health and well-being too all the way from the start so have that in by design and and I'm presuming with marketing and comms you need that in by design uh, correct me if I'm wrong but when is a good point to start thinking about that because from from what I hear many startups are all focused about the solution and piloting mm. it and after the fact they think about the marketing yeah yeah I think people think of marketing as in we've got the product now now we'll get marketing on board to help us sell it um, and actually for for us we are we're focused on brand and brand and marketing differ a little bit and we're about brand communications the difference between brand and marketing is brand is really about what is it that you are about? What's, what are you going to put your stake in the sand about? What are you trying to achieve here? 
And when you do product development and you have research, you have a lot of feedback and a lot of people telling you different things through user research or internally as well. If you don't have a clear idea of what is the thing that we're trying to achieve, which would be, for example, improving access to healthcare or reducing the time for diagnosis or helping to, to book um, healthcare staff in a more streamlined or faster responsive way, it actually doesn't really matter so much what the product is or looks like, or if you pivot or could things often change along the way of development, what's important is you're keeping and you're clear on what it is you're trying to achieve and baking that in from the beginning is essential to achieving it. And actually that, you know, it's not about then selling the product afterwards. It's understanding what you're trying to achieve and what people need and building a product or a service around that. Absolutely. And can, can startups be doing any of that even as they're developing their product or service? Yeah, like I mean, 100%. Yeah. 100%. I think one of the, the core things that we often see that, that um, really early stage startups struggle with is your, if you've got a co-founder, is really aligning your visions. Because if, the, if you haven't clarified and defined and aligned your visions, then you're going to be pulling the creation, the development and everything about the business in different directions to have that unified. It just, it organizes all your resources around that one thing. And that those resources could be you know, your engineers. It could be your user researchers, your designers, your sales team, your investors, yeah. Your, yeah. your wider team that you interact. It all pivots around that one thing of what we all here to do. Mm. And I guess, I mean, you specialize in the health sector and health, health tech specifically. Is there anything unique about brand and marketing when it comes to that as opposed to? Yeah, Mass yeah massively. There's, there's a huge difference. I think um, the key one is regulations. So rightly so, healthcare is highly regulated. Um, and my background personally is working with um, companies, um, with pharmaceutical companies, um, where they've got a strict regulation on um, evidence-based clinical claims. Um, so I think that's one of the key things in terms of healthcare. Right. And I think actually, generally, it's, it's tone and ethics within healthcare. We're dealing with something that's, the, you know, the most important thing of a person's life is their health. Um, and, and I think you have to be highly cognizant of, you know, what you're dealing with here and the impact this has on people and and you know but but the core thing is from a from a regulation perspective that you are within regulations yeah it's really tricky i, I see like you know some start not startups but companies or even solopreneurs trying to get onto e-commerce for example and sell something they really have to be careful about the benefits that they claim to to, to, to share on their labels, for example, it's really... Well, do you know, I was thinking this the other day, I heard this on the radio that um, it was a taxi company who during COVID had got um, into a lot of trouble from the regulators because they had claimed that um, being in a taxi with the, you know, you've got the separating thing between the driver and the passenger yeah. was that you would be in your own bubble. Now their agency, the taxi company, probably wasn't a healthcare agency because they wouldn't have been. They've probably got... Um, an agent that specialises in transport, for example. Actually, you've gone into the realms of a healthcare claim there, mm. and that's that isn't a clinically substantiated claim that you are in a in a bubble and therefore safe from a health perspective. So I think it's, and I think a lot of companies now with COVID, because healthcare has become healthcare has become the key component of 
many, many businesses, I think yeah. all businesses at the moment, regardless of whether they're healthcare or not. And I think they're all straying into this kind of idea of making health claims without realizing it. So yeah. I think you, you, if you're a healthcare company, you have to have that kind of expertise on understanding what you can say and what you can't and what those regulations are. Yeah, no, it is tricky. So if I was a, um, you know, I like to work with entrepreneurs that actually come from a non-health background, Charlene. So I'm, I'm there as the person who, kind of like you, you offer your brand expertise, marketing expertise. I offer the health expertise to those who don't come from a health background mm. um, and help them navigate the system. So, um, you know, what, how do you work with them? What's your method? To, you know, how do you actually help them with that? Is there a process? Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? So we work with the kind of clinically based founders who kind of fall into entrepreneurialism. And then you've got the side that you're talking about who are the entrepreneurs or they're tech based and they've fallen into, well, not fallen into healthcare, but they're venturing into the world of healthcare. And, um, and they're completely different um, kind of needs that they have. For those that are going to healthcare, I think what, what we really try to do is preserve their unique viewpoint in you know healthcare is a little bit backwards everything's you know like blue and trustworthy and it's a little bit stayed and you don't get that same experience as you do right. we kind of suspend all my work in health tech but i still have to phone my doctors because they don't know what the nhs app is and think you know it just blows your mind and um i think whilst you have to help them fit healthcare in a way to help them resonate um, and connect with their audience I think you have to be really careful to make sure that you keep that vision and commerciality and way of thinking, because that, I believe, is what's going to drive forwards um, healthcare innovation. Yeah. Have you got, I'm going to ask you like a, two sides of a coin now. Let's start with the positive. Have you got any examples of like best practice out there for brand or marketing? Um, best practice is no matter what stage of a business you are, have at least some idea of what it is you're trying to achieve in terms of your brand, your brand strategy, and have that live somewhere concrete, even if it's just a Google Doc at the beginning, and build on it as your business grows, but make sure that everybody within your company is aware of it, and that brand isn't seen as kind of a wrapping on a product. If your brand is about, for example, reliability, then how does that um, translate into your service offering, your um, consistency of marketing, your um, activities and responsiveness. So I think baking that into all aspects as you grow your business is fundamental. And that's what really good brands like Apple did. Everything about Apple was about just simplifying really high technology so everybody could access it. And it even went down to people, lots of people probably read the Steve Jobs story where he got fabricated I think it was a staircase in glass in one piece because he didn't want to see any joints. He wanted to have it see-through. This whole idea of making everything accessible down to the, you know, the shop fronts don't have a closed door. And I mean, that's taking it to a massive extreme, but that's why the brand is so successful because no matter where you touch that brand from entering the shop to unboxing, you have that experience. Yeah. So it's, it goes, it goes to everything to do with the company. Absolutely. So, so let's go to the other side of that coin then. What are some common mistakes that you just go, like, I wish that never happened when you see something? People talk about their products. 
that that's got to be it and I understand they've spent years and years and it's their life's work and there's so much sacrifices and blood sweat and tears that have gone into the product that people just want to talk about the products but nobody buys the product it's the whole thing about the what's the thing about the the drill story I can't remember what the brand name is but you're not buying the drill you're buying the professional hole and I think people really need to think about you're not selling a product you're selling what the product can do and I and I do feel for them when you know we come along and say yeah we don't want to talk about the intricacies of the product at this stage we want to talk about how your product is going to help them and um yeah, I think that's probably the core thing I would say and I guess it's probably probably a, an obvious question but not so much of an obvious answer but is there anything unique about health tech as opposed to pharma or medical devices perhaps yeah it's like a different world like culturally it's like a different world so I worked in pharma for like a long time decades and have come over to health tech in the past seven eight years and the mentality and the culture are, are poles apart health techs um, I mean, I do have a lot of respect for pharma. So I'm going to say is not to say complimentary to pharma. I do have a lot of respect for pharma because actually they are a corporation and yes, they make money. And I think that's fine. But ultimately what they're doing is helping people um, to live better. You know, they're not creating um, tobacco, for example. But, um, but where I see health tech is, is just much more open-minded, much more forward-thinking, fast and agile, um, and I find on the whole that people come into health tech with a real altruistic mm -hmm. desire mm -hmm. that you don't always see in pharma. Interesting. And actually now you're seeing more of a um, mix when it, or a blend when it comes to pharmaceutical industry seeing the benefit of digital and mm. helping their products work better. Uh, with less harm and more precision or focused on targeting there? Yeah, I think it's changing. I think pharma are, are coming around to the benefits of health tech and they're kind of having to, I think, to stay relevant as well. And we've been involved in some pharmaceutical companies who are supporting health tech. And, um, you know, that's, that's ideally, that's the goal, isn't it? Working together. Um, there's a lot of um, resource and know-how that pharmaceutical companies have yeah. about the audiences yeah. that they can lend to health tech so i think you know the, the the ultimate thing is everybody working together for the good of people's health isn't it yeah absolutely charlene so talking about brand and knowing who your ideal customer or client is who like for eyecatcher i can see your nice uh, logo back there um who's your ideal client who do you cater for specifically um and who you know what what would you offer them what kind of services so for us, we work with fast growth, um, high tech, health tech companies. Um, and, and that's really kind of the core, our core area is health tech, even though we have experience working with other areas of healthcare. Um, and the core thing that we offer is to help people connect, define who their audience is, define what their offering is and help them connect the two together. Because if people don't know about your offering or don't understand what it does or don't understand the value, as I said at the beginning, you know, it's a non-starter and we help connect those health innovators with their audiences so they can actually have the impact, um, health impact that they want to have. Mm -hmm. And so now coming on to what you do with, I mean, you work with, with giants like Google for startups on their hyper accelerator, I believe it is, and Launchpad. I mean, first mm. of all, what's it? I know a few people who work at Google, um, but what's it really like working and teaming up with them? 
it's just it's really cool it's really it's really high energy and it's people who are really passionate about I mean, Google is a high energy, known as a high energy company, but it really is like that behind the scenes. So we're on a graduation, half an hour graduation ceremony with Google to celebrate the successes of that cohort. And that's something that's quite rare to do. And to have that kind of energy and celebration and success is, um, is a typically Google thing. And I think you're, you're expected to bring your A game you know, as I think with lots of companies you are, but with Google, you're really expected to bring your A game. And there's a real feeling that you're joining with, um, you know, the network that we've got is a global network of people who are the best in each of their fields. Um, and to get the opportunity to work with the people, that, the companies that join the accelerator, and I, and I just feel, and, and I do across all of the accelerators I work with, I work with um, a few others. The Google is the only one that's not health tech focused. And I just feel enormously privileged to be able to, get to speak to these people and help these people in what are incredible missions and visions that they have. Yeah. What's the theme that comes across to you? Like what kind of um, challenges are they trying to tackle? Um, I mean, they are really varied and I, you know, that comes down to a lot of that comes down to who the founders are and what their backgrounds and experiences also what, what kind of healthcare they're going into and what their, what their audience is. Some of them are selling to a clinical audience and some of them are selling to kind of your CTO, kind of technical audience in terms of digital transformation. So what they're trying to achieve, it's really, it's really, really varied. Mm -hmm. um, I think on the whole, it's really kind of understanding their audience inside out to see, it's a bit like, I think with the Google phone, the Google phone, the pixel went on the fact that it was widescreen lens, you could get everybody in um, into their picture. But you can imagine a, a Google engineer who's worked on that phone would, you know, probably be really disappointed to learn that that's the thing that's being sold on. But actually, if that's your audience and that's the key thing that makes you different, that your audience want to buy, yeah. and that's yeah. how you resonate with them um, and achieve your impact, I mean, healthcare is a little bit different in the impact you're going to have, then, then that's the route that you go down. And what's it actually like, that accelerator? Is it like a two, three month program? Like... Yeah, they do loads. So we, we, we're involved in a few. The shortest one is like a five day intensive and they have one expert per day covering things like growth, business, um, marketing, etc. Um, this one was, I think it was about six months long. Um, but other accelerators we were on, a, you know, up to a couple of years. And this one now has been on, on all online. Um, and it's actually been really great because you've got mentors from across the road. This is a European one, mentors and startups from across the world. The ceremony is happening online. I think they've adapted really well and it, they've still managed to bring that kind of high energy. Yeah, the high energy and the connection that kind of makes these things work. And that's today, is it, the celebration, the graduation? Yeah. Nice. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And you're involved in the NHS, the National Health Service uh, Innovation Accelerator, too. And, um, you know, I'm aware that you're going to be attending the event later this year in March. Um, yeah. It's focusing on COVID-19 and you've got special mm. guests. Do you want to share with us who those guests are? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's pretty amazing. Actually, the keynote speaker is um, the professor of epidemiology from the UCL. Um, and it's also being chaired by um, Stephen Powers, who's on the um, NHS England NHS improvement boards. So, and it's the first time it's gone public. So to have that kind of support, it just kind of really brings home the impact that these, um, 
high growth companies hope and will have. Um, yeah, so I'm over the moon to be helping. To I mean, it's not very often you can get to work in brand and cons, but you, you can apply it to something that's going to have such, hopefully, a huge impact on people. I, yeah, I, I feel like a kid in a sweet shop every day. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> and I love that because exactly, you know, you got, especially with COVID-19, you've got more and more uh, people with entrepreneurial skills and mindset, but they could be coming from other professional backgrounds and just feel like they've seen something or felt something in this past year that they want to tackle um, mm. so that's that's what I love to see and, and honestly mm. if it was that simple and straightforward we'd have dealt with it by now so I'm all ears to listen to new ideas and yeah. new ways yeah. of thinking and Professor Michael Marmot I mean for those of us in the world of public health he is a, a legend he is a guru when it comes to health equity and uh, you know he works with World Health Organization as well mm. as his role here in the UK and yeah, so we need more and more of that way of thinking and value-based services and products rather than fees for service, rather than fees for value, if you like, rather mm. than just selling your products and services by. Yeah, and he's really heavily involved in health equity as well. And it's yeah. really good to see that you've got that kind of influence when you're talking about, you know, especially things like COVID-19 have raised the issue of health inequality. So I think to have that kind of thinking in there is, is um, hopeful, really hopeful. Yeah. And, and by the way, is, is that like, how is that different or how does it compare with the Google accelerator? Yeah, it's, it's worlds apart, actually. That's very, it's very different. Google's all about tech. Um, and sometimes I stumble across some old friendly health techs in there. Um, but I think, I think with the NHS innovation accelerator, it feels like a very tangible and implementable impact that you're going to have and I think that's that I think that's the real difference and the offering of the NHS Innovation Accelerator is they are there to help those innovations impact the NHS now and, that, and all the support there is a setup to support that happening yeah so um, yeah I think I think it's a it's it, it's has huge potential and and you can also see and a lot of the times you can see already that the the alumni have had on healthcare and the areas that they're working in. So you really feel like you're affecting change in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not so, I mean, most uh, entrepreneurs have a tough time with adoption into huge healthcare systems like the NHS. So that's a really nice way in. Um, and you're also involved with Digital Health London and PwC yeah. and some other things. And so yeah. did you want to share on that before I ask you a follow-up? No, no, I just think I, I kind of get involved in all of these accelerators because we see companies come to us later on. And you just think if only you just had even half an hour, somebody with this kind of thinking, you could have been on a different trajectory. And now unpicking brand and comms issues are actually quite difficult because you're changing perceptions and minds, which is a difficult thing to do. Having that thinking at the beginning, it just can set them on the right path. Absolutely. And um, I mean, you, you know, your clients are global and I've seen on your website, you say you've got clients from Silicon Valley to London to Beirut. Um, yeah. I'd love to know what the Beirut aspect of that is, but because it kind of yeah, rhymes with yeah. my name as well. But uh, do you want to share that and then tell me if, yeah. if the brand messaging marketing differs uh, based on where your target audience is, perhaps? Yes. Yeah, um, it's an interesting question, actually. I got involved in the Lebanon um, Lebanon Health Tech, it's a, not Health Tech, sorry, Tech Hub. And um, 
we went over there. I was training the other local mentors that they would be able to run these programs themselves locally. Um, and then there was a health tech startup who, um, who I can't reveal too much about it actually, but I can say what they do and what they're trying to do is revolutionize um, blood donation in Lebanon, because at the moment there isn't um, a blood donation like there is here, it's up to the patient to um, get the blood that they need or they have to get a replacement for the blood that the hospital would give them, which creates enormous pressures for them and they were and are um, focusing on that. But there's been obviously a, a lot of troubles in Lebanon. And I think um, having an understanding of the environment that those startups are working in is fundamental because the support that you give has to be relevant. And it's also, you know, there's a lot of things that are completely different in terms of how would you brand and how would you communicate things? How are different channels viewed? Um, and I've actually just started now. I'm going to launch um, the new soon, actually. I've just joined, I'm Iraqi Heritage, and I just joined um, Five One Labs, which helps um, a lot of generally Iraqi startups, but also from other areas of the region um, in helping with their innovations. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I, couldn't, I couldn't be happier to be doing that. Nice. I love it. I, I can't wait to see more of what you do there. And it's a it's an area of the world that needs a lot of help and support. Um, so thanks for doing that. I guess just to wrap up, um, as you know, I mean, just as I said earlier, for me, monitoring evaluation by design, as well as, you know, what you do, which is brand marketing messaging by design. What I also like to, uh, one of my other core values is making sure that not only the founder, but the entire startup team really have their health and well-being in place by design because it's a, mm. it's a tough job. It really is a tough job. It's like healthcare and it's, it's, it's health. It can be very stressful, overwhelming. And as you grow, the stress grows with it, uh, with a lot of uncertainty, yeah. especially during this past year. So I guess um, I know that you have a family to look after too, either personally or things that you've seen with startups and entrepreneurs that you've worked with. Mm -hmm. Have you seen any kind of um, strategies and tools that are useful in terms of looking after your own health and well-being along the way? Yeah, as an it's a really good point, isn't it? And I think, you know, as you're growing, you're you are constantly trying to find investment and funding. And, you know, the, a lot of the companies that I work with are, are on that process. So you you want to be seen as a reliable um, and confident bet for the investor to, to go into. But I think now the conversation is changing a lot over mental well-being, especially is one of the things that that's difficult for you know, founders and growing businesses. Although, you know, a lot of people in the current pandemic, um, but it's a conversation that is starting to happen. Um, and I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk about the issues, especially within male founders of mental health and well-being. Um, and it is a difficult one. You know, I've been working and um, founding this business seven years ago and I found my own strategies um, and things that work. And I think one of the core things is to recognize um, your milestones and the achievements, which is why this, I'm so proud that Google um, are going to do this graduation ceremony, because it's not very often when you're growing a business that you take or feel you allow yourself the time to stop and celebrate the wins and how far you've come. You're always looking at what you haven't done yet and what you need to do and where you want to get to. Um, and I think kind of having, having that recognition boosts your confidence and your self-esteem that you are making progress and you are, you know, getting there. But I think, and it's really much easier said than done, you know, balancing all the demands, it's, it's about just, I think, and I'm gonna come back to brand again, 
is I think if you're really clear on what your brand vision is, you can sort out what's important and what's not important because you'll get so much advice and ideas from other people along the way and user feedback and should we change this and approach this audience. Actually, if you're really clear on what you're doing, just helps you filter out all of the noise and just get really clear on, on what's the top thing you need to achieve. Is that bringing you to your brand vision and focusing on that? Absolutely. I think just my takeaway from this conversation is similar to, you know, when you speak with a coach or someone who's trying to help you with your personal performance, it's the same thing with startups. And it's about who are you? It's your brand. It's who are you? Who are you going to become as a brand? And that really sets your tone and, and your direction in everything that you do, including the products and services you offer. Look, it's real pleasure, Charlene, to have you on the show and you're welcome back anytime. You're doing fantastic work. I don't know if you have any you. final words or tips um, that you'd like to share. Yeah, I just think, you know, I have enormous admiration and humility for the clients that we work with and the people that are working within this industry. I think they should be immensely proud because they haven't taken the easy route at all in terms of career and life and what they're trying to achieve. But, you know, just to think of the impact that these people can have is... Yeah, it just it incredibly humbling, I think. And before I forget, how can anyone who's watching or listening reach out to you? Um, so I'm active on LinkedIn and Twitter. So it's Charlene L. Lopez across those. And to find out more about iCatcher and um, what we're doing, it's We Are iCatcher um, across channels. Excellent. We'll post that everywhere. Thank you so much, Charlene. Thank you. Learn more at The Entrepreneur's Doctor. www.entrepreneurs.doctor. Better health starts here.